Today's episode of the Rewatchables on the Ringer Podcast Network is brought to you by ZipRecruiter, the 2018 presenting sponsor of the Bill Simmons Podcast. That's mine. In your own personal scouting department, ZipRecruiter's powerful technology distributes your job, assuming you have one, to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, then identifies the right people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. It's time to let ZipRecruiter help you find some all-stars on the caliber of the all-stars we saw in the NBA all-star game a couple weekends ago. My listeners can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash BS. Meanwhile, I'm pretty excited about the all-new BMW X3. I've been driving BMWs for the past, I don't know, 12 years. The X3 has the level of performance you would expect, I would expect, from a BMW and iDrive 6.0 with an intuitive touchscreen, available safety features like active blind spot detection and next-generation X-Drive intelligent all-wheel drive. You know what? I might have to test drive this one. I don't even need a car. You can test test drive the all-new BMW X3 at your local BMW center today. BMW only makes one thing. Oh, yeah, the ultimate driving machine. Finally, SeatGeek is the best app for buying and selling tickets to sporting events, concerts, and more. For $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase on any game or any sporting event or any future uh, Ringer live rewatchables concert that we might do down in the future. Who knows? We might never do one again. All you have to do is use promo code rewatch, download the SeatGeek app, or go right to SeatGeek.com. All right, it's time. Here we go. Well, we, we break all kinds of rules here on the rewatchables. Here's a new one we're going to break. Only a year has passed since this movie came out. It's the earliest rewatchable we've ever done. Cam Collins is here, Sean Fennis is, is here, and Wesley Morris is here. It's time. No, 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 (laughs) no. Here we go. I'm bringing you home. I'm back in the bee. Get out. Can I see your license, please? He wasn't driving. I didn't ask who was driving. I asked to see his ID. Get out. Call me Dean and you're hungry, my man. I would have voted for Obama for a third term. Get out. Something is weird. It's the people. Get out. Something wrong? I can't move. You've been chosen. All right, what an honor. These are four people that do not get together that often to talk about movies, much to my chagrin. I've Maybe never ever. been in a room with these four people. Well, I mean, these I've been in a room with Sean and, and, and Bill, but never Cameron. So. Right. Hi. That's right. Hi. <laughs> it's a historic day. Hello. I see Bill every goddamn day of my I know. life. <laughs> and we've talked about this movie a few times. It's on HBO all the time, mm-hmm. which I approve yeah, and I think is great. Right. And I've been watching it and I realized it was rewatchable. One, because I kept rewatching it. And two, because I keep picking up things. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it's a really brilliant movie. We're taping this a week before the Oscars. I think it's 15 to 1 to win the Oscar. I think it actually has a chance because Cam and I were talking. There's nine movies. Bill, Who the hell knows anymore? Bill and Sean, can you, and, and can you all three just break down what 15 to 1 means? For, so fit, you bet $100. This is this is for, I'm glad someone else asked. Yeah. <laughs> this is for Bill to explain. $100, you win $1,500 if it wins. Okay. But what does that mean in terms of its chances? It means it's a long shot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Okay. It's but not the longest it shot, long shot, but it is, it's well, a medium the, long shot. The, the longest shot is the post, right? I'm going to guess. Yeah. Yes. That might as okay. well not even be in the list. Yes. And Phantom Thread, I think, is another one. that Call Me By Your Name as well. Okay, let's not step on guessing. 
get out, get yeah, out. Let's just have Twitter. a little respect. So $4.5 million budget. It's made over $250 million already. I really hope Jordan Peele got points. He must have, right? Points? I'm yeah. sure. Please. It was his idea. I hope, I hope he got his. points, Jordan There's Peele. There's no movie without Jordan Peele. We should have asked Jason Blum that when he was here. Biggest Blumhouse hit ever. Yeah. Um, one of the big horror movie hits ever. Four Oscar nominations. Best Picture, Best Actor, Best Screenplay, Best Director. Jordan Peele, the fifth black director to be nominated for an Oscar for Best Director. Can you name the other four? Uh, John Singleton, Steve McQueen, Barry Jenkins, and... Spike Lee? No, not Spike no, Lee. Spike never yeah, got not, one. Not Spike. Uh, I should have written it down because I can't name the fifth one either. Oh, shit. It'll come to me. All right. 99% Rotten Tomatoes rating for this movie. Um, Cam's in shock. Cam's like, what? <laughs> well, you know, the first thing too, I thought of. Like, the, it's too little or too. Well, the first no, thing I, I thought of one of the was, highest ever. was Black Panther was at, what, 97 and there was an outcry? Yeah. Um, <laughs> on on Twitter, we anyway. Have enough to be mad about. <laughs> yes, yeah, I, I completely agree. But yeah, 99% is great. I don't think that really means anything anymore, but that's maybe no. another yeah. podcast. Yeah, yeah. It's, you, it's nice you, to flex with. You've written the story already. Yeah. Who cares? Why, why do okay. people care if something has 99% approval? By the way, I 100% brought this up because I knew it would make him mad. It's just <laughs> annoying. Let's go past reason. it. I don't he care what the, the audience reaction thing. is. I don't care what the critical score is. Why are we putting a score gonna, on it? I stand behind. I mean, we've already we've talked had about this. this conversation on this show about how behind Sean Fennessy I stand yeah. on this. Uh, in the director's commentary, Jordan Peele admitted he he stole, I stole, I, I say in a in a nice way, from all these different movies that he loved, including The Shining in five different spots. Ooh. Halloween, Sounds of the Lambs, many others. There's a lot of homage moments in there. Filmed in 23 days. Mm. Short. That I didn't yeah. know. That seems short. Yeah, yeah. that's um, very short. Incredibly rewatchable. And I think one of the things that doesn't stand out when you're doing, when you're just rewatching on HBO is how great of an in-theater movie this was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know what you're, I thought we'd go around the room on this one to start. I saw this in the arc light with my wife and my son. And it was a Saturday at like six o'clock and the theater was fucking lost their shit and they were so into it. And when he, when he's getting out at the end, by the way, we're going to do lots of spoiler alerts. So if you haven't seen this yet, just turn us off now. Uh, the theater just lost their shit in, in a way that is just not common anymore. Where, where did you see it, Cam? Uh, I saw that for the first time at the, the, the screening, but it was an all media screening mm. and, it, and it had. That's the wrong experience. Yeah. So I saw it again. In a regular theater, I choose the uh, Court Street Theater in Brooklyn. For anyone who knows, um, it's a place to go if you want a rowdy experience. Yes, that's I used to love to go there. See movies. <laughs> if it's, you want a real experience, yes. I would say. I mean, it's not always rowdy, but it's always real. It is. Yes, yes. 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 It's one of the uh, best horror movie experience theaters that I've we ever should been just to. say. Yeah, actually, we should yeah. just like not mince words. It is one of America's blackest movie theaters. Yes. Oh, like it's just, okay. I don't, we don't have to pretend that it's something else. It's just a black movie theater. Yeah. And so I'm guessing they had some reactions during oh, the like 40, yes. last 45 yes. minutes. I mean, I just saw that Winchester movie there, and there were reactions during that. And that movie yeah. like, couldn't be like whiter in terms of horror. <laughs> and but, like, dumber and more boring. <laughs> but like, you get a good, you get the right people together, and yeah. it'll be a party. Yeah, Where did absolutely. you see it, John? I hope I saw it wasn't a screening. I saw. I didn't see a screening. I saw it at the ArcLight, in part because I wanted to see it with real people. Because I, you know, Cam, you you guys could both talk about what it's like to see 
an endless barrage of media screenings. But with movies that you know will be fun and require, I think, a response, media screenings are not effective because critics and industry goers are jaded and cynical. And even when they love something, they still will be fairly quiet. Um, yeah. yeah. So I saw it at the Arclight as well. And people screamed, oh, shit, like four times during yeah. the movie, which yeah. is great. You'll never get that at a critic <laughs> <Yeah>. screening. <laughs> um. Where did I, I saw it, I've seen it four times, three wow. times in a movie theater. Once I saw it at, a, at, I mean, what is basically a promotional screening, but I mean, there was, there were two rows for critics and about, you know, what, 90 rows for everybody else. Mm. So I basically saw it with the people. Yeah. And be given the whooping and screaming and hollering and clapping and cheering and oh my god and no he didn't and don't do that and holy shitting it was <laughs> it was it was definitely a promotional screening uh same time i saw it at bam in brooklyn brooklyn academy of music that is technically like based on what's playing a black theater too yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh and it was black that day did you get applause? <laughs> was there applause in the movie? Oh, there's a lot. I mean, there's applause. Well, we can talk about this later, but the applause, I don't know what your guys is what you guys' applause situation perspective for applause situations were, but um the the final sequence, obviously, you yeah. know, when you when everybody I, I'm even Jordan Peele is and, and I disagree about what is on people's minds when the cop car pulls up. Um I just I knew it was Rod. But there's a lot, I mean, I don't know if it's 50-50, but a lot of people just, the the joke, obviously, the sad joke is that everybody thinks it's going to be a cop. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of like, oh my God, it's Rod! Oh my God, it's Rod! That's what I got every time I saw the movie in a the theater. The biggest applause mine got was when Rod, his last line of T.S. motherfucking A. Yeah. And <laughs> my theater went crazy. Yeah. And it was, it was like a, you know, a normal Saturday night crowd, I think, for the most part. People just, they love What was Rod your demographic? They things? just seemed like whatever it would be for any movie I went in the arc mm-hmm. at six o'clock. That was my feeling. But uh, I I had him on a podcast with, um, with Keegan-Michael Key, I think in April. And it was like, what's your next project? And he's like, yeah, I'm doing this horror movie and sitting in. And he was telling me, and I'm like, that sounds terrible. Oh, my God. <laughs> what, 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 what a disastrous career move. And and it, obviously, it was the complete opposite. Maybe this was two years ago. I don't remember. But uh, I think that you had them on for Keanu. And they were, yeah. so they were doing that? press for Keanu. So that was spring of 16? Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. when it was. So two years ago. And he was talking about this. I'm like, are you kidding? You're going to do a horror movie? What are you doing? Yeah. And there we go. It was um, something that I didn't know about him. And he's obviously done a lot of press since we've talked. We've all talked to him. Like he obviously has a real affinity and a keen eye for the Rosemary's Babies and the Stepford Wives and these this Twilight Zone aspect yeah. of storytelling that I did. I was not aware of that. But then when you go back and you watch the best Key and Peele sketches, you can see that there is the bones of a lot of that stuff. He's kind of turning things to the left a little bit more than I had initially realized when I was watching it on Comedy Central. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they. I, I mean, I, I knew that he had a lot of nerd obsessions, but I think I was taken aback by the press before Get Out came out, um, by the horror obsession specifically. That was just not something that I, you know, even watching Keanu Peele was just not something I expected. I also didn't love Keanu. So that's kind of where my mind was, was sort of like, I don't know if movies are where these guys should be. I just wasn't sure it was going to translate. I didn't realize the extent to which this was like his like auteur project. 
But uh, didn't you watch Keanu and think whoever made this, and you know, he was a co-writer, there's something in here. Sure. Yeah, and yeah, the things absolutely. that are in there are really interesting. Yes. And once who once whoever isn't once whoever the brains is behind this movie gets to do something that is entirely his. Keanu had a couple really inspired parts in it. I liked it. I, I don't think I would ever watch it again, but right. the George Michael scene, like, you slay got, me. It's the great. George Michael scene is, is great. Classic. And I it, thought Tiffany Haddish, I had no idea who it was. I'm, I am DBing her. I'm like, yeah. who the hell is this? This lady's a star. I don't know who this is. Yeah. I. Yeah. It's it's very, it's very rewatchable. It's, it's, it is. Yeah. yeah. The Anna Ferris stuff, too, is hilarious. The stuff in the house. I mean, the, the, the point at which the movie falls apart is, is just the very end. Where 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 the where the parody shifts and it just becomes a straight up action movie parody that also is an action movie. So get out. How much of this was it came along at the perfect moment, and how much of this was this is a great movie? If you had to do a percentage balance, because it definitely came along at the perfect w- moment. But when I'm sorry, but when is the wrong moment for this movie? That, well, that's my question. <laughs> If this There's, movie comes out in 2005. Well, I don't know that, that Jordan Peele necessarily wants to make it before 2005, right? I mean, I think that Obama is a really, I think the cultural shift that Obama both caused and represented yeah. is, is a major aspect of this movie. The atmosphere is that presidency. And the atmosphere yeah. is this country You're during right. that presidency. It had to come out in the last right. six years, right. probably. Yeah, yeah. And he's also talked about how he had no idea that this would be seen as some sort of post-Trump election rebuke, that he was he was thinking of it in an Obama state of mind, that when he was right. writing it and making it, it was a different time in the country. And it actually reflected a little bit more accurately where some of the immediate sensibility was. But that wasn't the purpose. That wasn't wh- where he was at the time. Yeah, it seemed like... So at least in the first half of the movie, he's making fun of all like these white people and how their kind of Obama talk seemed to be part of the thing. But yeah, you're right. When when did this come out? It came out in February. Yeah. February yeah. last weekend. In, well, this is the this, this weekend. So do you think is they the anniversary this? of that of that year? Do you think they filmed this before Trump? Oh yeah, yeah. They must yeah. have yeah. right. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't know how long it was gestating for him. Uh, years, like strands of this. A yeah. while, right? Yeah, yeah. years. Um, when, before we go into the categories, what kind of directing career does this guy have? What do we learn from this movie? What 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 comes? How does he? What's the next step for him? How does he top this? Do you see him directing fifteen movies over the next thirty years or three? That's a good question. Um, I don't. I, I don't know. I don't know how you guys feel. I I definitely having. I mean, what makes this movie as rewatchable as it is? is that it's almost deceptively well made. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um his the shot selection is really good. The camera work is great. The the writing from beginning to end is really better than you. I mean, I have I don't know I personally have been torn about the I about the screenwriting original screenplay category this first between Ladybird. Yeah, between this and Ladybird having seen both movies within like a week of each other fairly recently, 
I'm still torn, but I definitely think the harder. I think that that Lady Bird is the the real achievement in that movie is the directing. Yeah, and I think the achievement in in the the higher achievement in Get Out is is the writing. What do you um, think, Cam? I agree with that, but I I love how the movie deals with what could feel at first glance like obviousness, mm-hmm. like the party scene, the sort of, they're pretty on the nose jokes, but to carry them off with the momentum that it does and to make me not roll my eyes at that mm. because it's sustained by a more powerful idea, but a, a serious idea, but it's an idea that doesn't take itself too seriously in the moment. That's like hard. Um, I, I think writing well for Alison Williams is hard, but I think this is a perfect <laughs> role for her. Shots fired. Um, I love her in this movie. This she's, that you say in that. This movie. she's so good. She's amazing in this movie. Uh, yeah. It's funny that you say that Didn't though. Know she had it in her. I don't know if any of you guys have looked at the script, but the script is actually pretty different and fatter than the movie. There, are, There's a lot in the script that has been cut. And I, while I completely agree that conceptually and as a written piece, it's a huge achievement. He clearly did a thing where he, cut it a lot more intensely than he planned to. And that's part of what makes scenes like that. If you go back and look on the Blu-ray on the deleted scenes, it's basically just extended aspects of white people asking Chris what it's like to be black. And those scenes, when they're extended, are terrible. They like really Mm. don't work. And Mm. it's interesting that they even put it on the Blu-ray because it makes it seem so clear that this is like a cattle call of some kind. It just, it, it reveals too much and makes it a little bit more obvious. So I don't know. He's done, he did something pretty amazing. Like the self editing is a that's a as we all know is a real skill to yeah. know when you've yeah. gone too far with something. That's the rule. Deleted scenes deleted for a reason usually. I would say. I mean, I mean, I don't really want to pit his writing against his directing. I think the two <laughs> work in a tandem. The same person did both things. Right. Yeah. Um, but I think that in terms of the the achievement. It's just there's so much here. I mean, and everybody who's seen this movie more than once is 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 always surprised by how much more out of it they get. I've seen this movie, like I said, four times. The fourth time, I felt like I was watching it for the first time again. That's how I felt. Um, I rewatched it today. I remember I saw it in the theater and just watched it for what it was. And then we were talking about it, Sean and I, like a few days later, and Sean's like, yeah, there's some stuff in that movie. And I'm like, like what? And he's like, like, <laughs> like the deer. She doesn't react to the deer. And that means she doesn't have empathy. And I'm like, whoa, I need to yeah. see this again. Like, I, mm-hmm. I just didn't watch it that way. I watched it for thinking it was just a thriller. I didn't know it had all these nuances. And then you watch it. We're going to go through some of the nuances later. But, man, there's a lot of shit in this movie. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. fucking deep. Like, yeah. you carve in. It's like it's like that David Chant, the major domo dessert. We carve under the shaved ice. It's like, oh, there's rice pudding under here. Yeah. This is great. Yeah, yeah. no, I and, mean, uh, I don't know. I just think, I think for this to be his first movie, I'm kind of flabbergasted by. But if you think about what this movie is actually doing, and you think about the person who made it, it really is. It. I mean, I don't know. I don't feel terribly surprised. Only in that we have. I mean, that show. For as much as other people were involved in its creation, yeah, you're right. I that mean, was him there was it. so yeah. much directed vision. Yeah, yeah. there was there, you know every single sketch was pointing to a larger idea. Every single one was in conversation with this larger idea of what that show was about. I think I'm just maybe from our world, it's so hard to get somebody to the place they need to eventually get to. Like a lot of the writers we work with, sometimes it takes years. Right. And for somebody to just come in and direct their first movie and be really good at it. Like I was Greta Gerwig, same thing. 
It's like, yeah. how are you good at this right away? You right. should have fucked up like five things in this movie. Right. But both but of again, those people had similar up. experiences. Right. They were yeah. writers for a long period of time. They're in their mid to late thirties. You know, Jordan in particular has had a, has made a lot of things. I mean, he was on Mad TV 12, 14 years ago. I mean, yeah. he's really had a ton of experience and making Key and Peele is like making a thousand short films. Yep. You know, yeah. you figure out the little nuances and the small choices to make. And that's why, even though it's his first movie, it's really, it's like his 10. And they ended that show at its ideological and I would say formal peak. Right. They ended that show at exactly I think they the knew moment. it too. I think they yeah. really cared about clear, when it ended. Yeah, I think they, I mean, you, you definitely want to go away the way they went. But I also just think that, I think Keanu was just some like, I mean, I don't I don't like the term vanity project when it comes to certain things, but this definitely was a key and peel vanity project in some I way. I feel like somebody was like, How can we capitalize on right. the show being right. over? We right. gotta do something together again, as opposed to an original vision that is Jordan's own. But that felt true to the spirit of the show, mm-hmm. but that that also was kind of advancing them towards something else. Yes. Um and so yeah, I mean, this seemed both inevitable and a surprise um okay i just wouldn't i i think the surprise is really what a good filmmaker he is one yeah. last thing about this actually i was thinking yeah. about this if you've ever seen the gremlins 2 sketch on key and peel you know that <laughs> jordan really yeah. really gets movies mm-hmm. and like he gets what's funny about the movie industry and about what can get across the line and that's such a f- clever bizarre like inexplicable sketch just without any context yep. but if you yep. watch it now and you see like how he's yep. risen so quickly mm-hmm. you see that he, he just gets it he gets the industry he gets how to make movies he gets what's funny about all this shit i didn't watch the director's commentary but i did read a piece on the internet called 40 things i learned from the director's commentary <laughs> so i'm stealing from that guy thank you but uh the all the shining homages mm-hmm. and they were they were super important to him i'm gonna step on on a internet research corner did you know he was inspired to write the why what the inspiration was? What movie inspired him to write Get Out? Cam, you is it not one of the obvious one. ones? Like guess it's who's coming? Eddie Murphy, to- Delirious. The scene. Oh, oh yeah, the, the get poltergeist. Get the out. Yeah. Why do why, sure. why do white people stay in the yeah. house? Oh, and if and, it was a black person in this house, it'd be like the ghost would be like, get out. Okay, I'll yeah. see you later. Um, <laughs> that's that was the inspiration for this movie, and that's where he got the title Get Out from that Eddie Murphy thing. Um, that. Makes Bizarre. sense to me. That makes complete sense to me. Um, all right. Categories. Most rewatchable scene. <laughs> Here are the nominees. The opening. Should mention that guy comes back later, which is something you catch like the third viewing. What? Really? I noticed. Well, that I noticed the first time. I did. Lakeith. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Lakeith maybe that is the second viewing. Yeah. 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 Sure. Like when he's kidnapped. Hey, you're in the movie theater. You're not like, I'm going to file that guy's face away for later. <laughs> yes. Uh, Hitting the deer. There's a mm. lot of nuance in that scene. That gets yeah. super artsy-fartsy. I like it. Uh, the cigarette break with the guy sprinting at him, which became uh, a whole thing, the get-out game. The iPhone scene mm. when Keith has his seizure. When Chris finds out the family is basically evil and that whole part. Uh, the escape and then the very ending. Most rewatchable. You're, gotta, flick, gotta you're put, flicking channels. Got to put the sunken place on, though. I was going to conjoin. Well, the I guy like, running the second place creeps me out. I didn't <laughs> put it on there. <laughs> I don't like the second place. That's the movie that, right there. I know. I mean, I, I, I don't mean, like Catherine Keener's face. Yeah. I don't like the it's tap so of the coffee. It's so effective. It's really, yeah, it's, it's really good. It's I mean, so disturbing. Though. I don't, I don't want to rewatch it. It's totally that scene. effective. Yeah. It's, it's wonderful right. though. Yeah. Fine. Right. I'll the, put it on there. The, okay. Well, I mean, you could just, con- you can attach it to the cigarette brick. 
to the cigarette break scene because they're right. like that leads into her finding him sure. re-entering the house. Right. But I mean that sequence. That's your that's your part. Uh, Guy running at him. Girl, uh, Betty, what's her last name? Betty Gabriel. Betty Gabriel. Betty Gabriel adjusting the wig in the mirror. Yeah. She going back in. She's place. So that's you think that's the best stretch of this movie? Um. I don't. I mean, having now, re, having now watched it, it, you know, as recently as ten days ago, um, I just think you know it's hard because the whole thing hangs together as a movie. I can take it scene to scene and 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 talk about what's great about each scene, but each scene is great. And there's, and by the I, way, not a ton of scenes in this movie. No, no. it's basically moves no. like. It's what, about eight times total. It's about uh, eleven or twelve scenes. Yeah. Um, can I like you put the opening on the list, and I'm just curious about why you chose that. Because it's, I think it's one of the best. What the hell is going on? Openings for a horror movie. Horror movies usually don't start with something that goes. Right. I'm scared. What the hell just happens? Scream. Scream. Scream's another example right. on this. Yeah, that's um, it. I would say this movie has three openings. Okay. So the sequence where the Lakeith Stanfield character is that the official Drew Barrymore and Scream opening. Which, by the way, you realize much later that it's it's the same MMA headlock that the crazy brother does. Yeah, it's yeah. the crazy he brother. Moved, but the other thing you don't pick up on the first Well, you year. see the car. Right. Like, we know what the that car shows up again. Um that it's got three openings. The the opening with with Lakeith Stanfield walking around that neighborhood, you know, and the mumbling that he does is great, mm, and yeah. the like, ta- like, like the suspicion that he's alone, but more talking to himself so he's not alone. And turns around, the car doors he, open. He turns around, and the car doors open, and the and you don't know where the camera as it's pivoting around him. How far around Keith Stanfield is it going to go? So you till you see the door open, and you know like. Whoever's driving the car is behind it. Um, and then there's a cut to... So then you get that Swahili opening oh, no, credit no, no, sequence. No, no, no. That's fantastic. Which, but do you guys know what is that it means, a bad by idea? Way? Is it a bad sign that my son was singing that in the car the other day? Does <laughs> no, that mean he's seen Get he Out can, too many times? Okay. He's passable in Swahili. Great, okay. Uh, Great. But do you guys know what that means? I wrote, I just want to make sure I remember to bring this up. It's like, it, it's basically, Sekila, Kwa, Waha, I can't read the rest of my handwriting, but basically, brother, listen to your ancestors, brother, run. Uh, yeah, you yeah, need yeah. to run far, mm. run, run to save your life, listen to your ancestors. I mean... First of all, it is it is arranged those words in Swahili to sound like a something just from a horror movie. A warning. Right? Yeah. Like a straight up warning from a horror movie. It could be 1978 yeah. and you're watching The Omen 2, which I think was 79, but whatever. Yeah. Um and then the third opening is is the Redbone song playing during as the camera sort of grazes Chris's photography. And the people in those photographs. And you just get three. I mean, for me, that opening sequence, as much as it is formally riffing on the Scream opening sequence, is very much a middle passage thing to me. Mm-hmm. Where like, you know, this, this, we don't know the race of the person putting this guy in the white car. He's 
you can't see him. He's in a motorcycle helmet and black gear. But I just it doesn't matter because black people help black people get to America anyway. It does one other great thing, too, which is that it shows us Allison Williams through the glass at the donut shop. Right. And she yep. is this she's like a vision of of white beauty and she's purchasing something that is like sweet and nice. And we know that she is a character whose side we're going to be on. Yep. The way that she's presented is perfect. It's like a great setup for pulling the rug out. Well, you know, Jordan Peele said in the director's commentary that he wanted to start with uh, with um, Chris shaving because the white shaving cream, it was white face, basically. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. I'm immediately suspicious of Alison Williams, but I think that's because of girls. You that's girls? you. I like girls. I have, I have feelings <laughs> yeah. about Marnie, but I think I just, I can't divorce the two. So as soon as I see her, what's shocking to me is that she, for the first few scenes, is like a good girlfriend. Because I'm thinking, this has got to be, this is not right. I think, <laughs> except for when she tries to kill him and turns evil. I thought she was a pretty good girlfriend. Other but than she, that one She was part, really good at it. I was I was joking. It's, <laughs> other than that, she's a murderer. Sorry. Sean was staring at me in horror. I was concerned. What was your most rewatchable scene? Well, it's funny. When you said the phone scene, I thought you meant the Betty Gabriel unplugging the phone confrontation. The that's kind of, the no, iPhone no, no, scene. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's what I did mean, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, so not, I said, so not I said the, the wrong thing. Flash. Yeah, I meant the- Those are both iconic. When she but, starts crying. Yeah, but I Betty Gabriel- I she should have been nominated. She yes, she should have been nominated. totally robbed. She was absolutely I would robbed. say- I mean, who are you pushing? That was a, that pushing was a pretty great category. I'm Mary J. Blige out. That's a no-brainer. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. That's really talked about this. Mary, <laughs> that's Mary, a really easy one. Mary, you know I love you. I lo- <laughs> love you, Mary. But you are not good in that movie. No. You just are. I, what, I mean, this is a separate conversation for a different show, but I don't. I no, don't understand what people who watched that movie, how can you watch that movie and not think. That Rob Harris is that yeah. Rob Morgan? Sorry, yeah. Rob Morgan is incredible. He's the only person giving a great performance in that movie. I totally agree. And we had this exact yeah. conversation, yeah. Cameron and I. Do you think yeah. the voters are just like, "Hey, Mary Kay Blige, I love her." Check. But they but, people seem to like her in that right, movie. But I just I think uh, it's legitimate, legitimate enthusiasm for her. Yeah. I just feel like of all the actors who've ever acted in movies and were great. Why? Why it's her again? I'm getting yeah. all my my Mary J. Blige right, cards taken away yes. from me. But <laughs> Betty Gabriel is really good in this movie. I don't answer to anyone. Right. All I know is sometimes, but if there's too many white people, I get nervous. You know. do something that's not my experience not at all i think of all the people who had to act last year betty gabriel i would say had one of the absolute hardest jobs i was gonna say in the iphone scene that's a really hard scene she just basically it's a close-up of her face and 19 things have to happen over the course of two minutes it's completely exposed Yeah. yeah There's no, there's no running from that. And she has to, I don't think the movie works if I can't see through her, how there's multiple identities of person 
operating, you know, and, and her face. Like, yeah. that doesn't work for me if but she when, can't do that. But even, like, the first time you saw it, you didn't really know what her problem was. Right. But you knew she had a problem. Something and was it, wrong. And something was something was really wrong. Do you think she can have a career after this? Because it's going to take me five years to unsee Get Out with her. But yeah. she doesn't look like that in real life. Was, yeah. She yeah, looks yeah. nothing okay. like uh, Georgina in real okay, life. Okay, good. So she's I would okay. love to see what else other films yeah. could make of her talent. Yeah. That was such I like hope Jordan keeps like working her, with her. Yeah. The character is like seared into my head. I'm not, I really need to. I need her to be in like a girls trip type of movie where she's <laughs> dangling from a stripper's pole or something. <laughs> or or she's just a great actress who will basically pay, play Catherine Graham What's in like so? the Washington Black Post. <laughs> <laughs> what was your most rewatchable, Sean? Um. I'm not sure if I really have one. That's a bad answer. I I, I like the phone confrontation too. Uh, her Betty Gabriel saying uh, tattletale is mm-hmm. like burned into my mm-hmm. brain. You yeah, know? and that also kind of communicates something where she can't understand the way that Chris is talking indicates something yeah. that is fascinating. <laughs> yeah, you know, like they're from two different eras. Um, I like that one a lot. I also I love love love. Um, give me those keys, Rose. You know that yeah, whole yeah. moment when finally when Allison Williams turns is just a perfect like horror movie moment where you're waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting for payoff. And then that evil white woman turns. That's my favorite stretch from when he's going through the photos, which is the classic horror movie device of, yeah. oh, that door's slightly yeah. ajar. Yeah. I wonder what's in there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's pictures. Oh, I'll go Isn't through the there. There's a scrapbook. Yep. Oh, There's yeah. always a scrapbook. Yeah. Whoa, yeah. hey. Yeah. It's and not then, Jason. It's Mrs. Voorhees. Right. And then yeah. it's like... <laughs> It's her. It's her with a black guy and a black guy and a black guy, and then it's like, wait, that's the the gardener. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's that's Georgina, Betty. That's Georgina, yeah. and that's just like in the theater. Everybody's like, whoa. Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> what? No, I don't know what, what your situation was. I'm assuming that we probably had similar situations. Where the minute he opens the book and you see one black yeah. person, <laughs> you're like, here we go. like, oh shit! Yeah. Man. Oh, oh. <laughs> Everybody lost their shit with the first picture, yeah. uh, and by the fifth, by the fifth, I think there are one, two, three. There's five pictures. No, there's there's nine. I counted nine? today. The last two are the gardener, before the grandmother, you, before and grandfather. You even, by the time you get to like picture number four or yeah. five, the audience is like up in their seats. Yes. They don't know where this movie is going, yeah. but they are freaking out because <laughs> it's every black person's who dates a white person's worst nightmare. Because I'm not saying it's abnormal. Like I want to be wanted by everybody, not just white people, but... I, the idea <laughs> where is this going it's just <laughs> you just don't want to find out that your boo has a fetish for other boos who look like you is all yeah. I'm saying okay. it's just it's a nightmare right. I mean no, it's also no the moment on dating Wesley for me like the, the moment you realize the extent to which Lural's character is right about everything yes, yes. really yeah. lands in that moment too right. because he's so for a while it's like this is kind of far-fetched he's Martin Lawrence and Boomerang right. for a little while <laughs> exactly <laughs> So like the the extent to which he is right, that is the moment that for That's me I'm like, holy movie. shit! Yeah, that movie still movie. holds up. Listen, talk about rewatchable. I mean, <laughs> don't don't think we're not doing Boomerang at some point. <laughs> Great soundtrack. Speaking of uh, speaking of Mr. Howley, we might have to name the Dion Waiters Award after him for best heat check performance. <laughs> the by Little Rel Award. It's 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 a pantheon heat check performance. The other candidates: Betty Gabriel, Bradley Whitford, Lakeith Stanfield. But I mean, come on. It's Betty. Ga- I would say Betty Gabriel. I mean, 
He's what? got the best. He Lil Ray has the best part, but Betty Gabriel gives the best performance. No, that's not the that's not the. But he checked. Yes, yes, yes. In terms this of the is value Dion Waiters. Of, this yes. is like he's in the movie for thirteen minutes and gets off twenty eight shots. And are we sure Caleb Landry Jones isn't the winner oh, of this award? Oh no! <laughs> he's gonna, he's gonna really let Sean, let Sean really take it away. going for it. You ever get in street fights as a kid? I did judo after school, first grade. Aww. You should have seen me. Judo is with your frame and your genetic makeup. If you really pushed your body, and I mean really trained, you know, no pussyfooting around, you'd be a fucking beast. You know this person. There's an East Coast yeah. aggressive white boy who yes. plays lacrosse. That is the most unfortunate guy at every social occasion from the ages of 14 to 25 when you grow up in a particular milieu. Yeah. And I went to yeah. college with he, about 150 of those he, guys. He yeah. is that guy. And he, he makes that. me really uncomfortable. Yeah. And it's a little weird in a movie like Get Out to be like, we should give an award to the, this creepy white guy. But he is very effective. And he he's tapped a, into that. He, he, does. he legitimately scares me in this movie because of exactly what Sean's talking about. Because he's every white lacrosse bro in college that I was afraid of. Yeah, he's an archetype bully from. who picked on you. Wait, yeah. I, yeah. But I have some questions. I'd, I'd also, this is going to be a nice argument. <laughs> I, he, if, if there's something about this movie that to me is either too much or just doesn't make sense, it's that character. And I'm not hmm. saying that it that it rings false or anything. It fe- rings very true. But one of the one of the 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 genius of this movie to me is the question that you're left with the the idea that the movie doesn't this fight up people that some people are having about and it's a minor fight um about whether the movie works whether the movie works as a metaphor or an allegory or whether it works as a as an actual world right mm-hmm. so the, the so that the the sort of the experiment is or the speculation is what happens when we're not there with the armitages like mm-hmm. what is grandpa in the gardener's body and grandma in georgina's body and mommy and daddy armitage and rose what do they all do mm-hmm. all day long Playing like Scrabble, right? I mean, I, I don't know, but but for the as a metaphor for what those people are doing while we are there, it's ingenious. Um, are you saying you think the brother's too weird? For, I don't know for what where that word's he supposed fits. To be? I don't know where he fits in either the allegory or the 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 sort of the 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 family that exists without our without our gaze. See, I yeah. so I I agree with that. He's my one nitpick with the movie. I thought I thought I just think he's too weird. I actually think it would have been better if he was like this know, kind think, of Kennedy cousin yeah. type guy who's like wearing you know like a white polo he's sweater like and Kennedy. like trying too hard but you know deep down he's killed people. So yeah. this guy's just like a, a fucking weirdo. I, ha- I have an argument for this. Okay. I guess, especially if, if you consider it in the real world. I can't explain necessarily what the Armitages are doing on like a Wednesday I don't afternoon. think we're going to be able to I, explain I that. But that character to me is like the demon seed of crazy people. And when crazy people over multiple generations continue to procreate and they preach gospel of insanity, 
you end up, and especially when those people are employed to be the violence in this act, the kidnapper, the person who takes the person mm-hmm, down physically, mm-hmm, the, the, the habits that they form are even more dangerous, more destructive, and seem crazier. He just seems crazier at that dinner table, at that first scene, because he's the craziest one out of all of them. Well, do you, know what, do you know what my problem, it's really smart, actually, because I realize my problem isn't, my problem is actually that I am so uncomfortable about, by that character... I'm made so uncomfortable by that character partially because he's the person who is entirely what, what, what I'm familiar with is a classic American racist. Yeah. Right. Like everything about that guy. So you think Jordan Peele told him to dial it up? Oh, clearly. I mean, Jordan Peele has such control over this movie that, I mean, he obviously would be able to sit here and tell us what he was thinking. Let me flip it around. Who would you rather have seen in that part? could pick any actor who's 25 from the last 30 years, some 25-year-old version of themselves. Could that have been Brad Pitt in 1992? Maybe, but... When I he's like got weird facial it. hair? You need somebody mangier than that. Yeah. I think, yeah, I'm yeah saying mangy Caleb Brad is so Pitt. mangy in yeah. everything yeah. that he's in. The manginess is really important. It's really essential to him. Right. Is yeah. he British, by the way? Is no. he American? No, he's yeah, American. Because there's yeah. something about, like, I just, I don't... <laughs> He just seems like a like an Australian in disguise. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like you know, yeah. you know me. I'm suspicious of everybody who acts now. I think everybody's British. Yeah. So we. Do we think Rod is the heat check winner? Or? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he's definitely the person that the audience. Yeah. Yes. I mean, he he would he would the yeah. audience would also he's the people's choice as well. Okay. Thank you. All right. Let's take a break. I want to tell you about Shutter. Brought to you by AMC Network, Shudder is a premium streaming video service for fans of all degrees of thriller, suspense, and horror. They have an unparalleled lineup curated by genre fanatics and industry experts. It's the home for the largest and fastest growing selection of high-quality, spine-tingling, and provocative movies, TV series, and originals. I am rooting for these guys because the Simmons family loves horror movies. I think we've seen all of them. With Shudder, there's something new and unexpected for members to explore, revisit, like their 1980s practical FX horror collection, Get Rad, a celebration of teenagers in tight denim and the monsters who love them. Wow. Uh, Shudder's Get Rad collection takes its philosophy directly from the tagline of 1982's Chainsaw Spree Pieces. It's exactly what you think it is. Somehow I've never seen pieces. Hey, here's how easy this this is. Uh, The plans start at just $3.99 per month. I have great news. Rewatchables listeners can start a free 30-day trial by going to Shudder.com and using promo code Rewatch. I'm doing this when I get home tonight. My son has probably seen all of these. Is it a bad sign when your son walks around with a hockey mask on? It might be. Anyway, check out Shudder. And hopefully my son won't show up in, in uh, in your house on the second floor with a chainsaw someday. Back to the Rewatchables. Uh, what's age the best? The sunken place, the casting, all the racism, Daniel Kaluuya, the escape, Rod's comedy, or the theme song. Now, with the, with, this is a tough category because yeah. it would be like about a year ago. The beginning theme song, the the one you the oh, one the, you tried to pronounce before. Shakira. Did you suggest that the racism has aged the best? <laughs> well, I I think I think we this movie is even more relevant, right? 
right. the this themes. year than it was 12 months ago yeah. because America's got a little more racist. Well, but see, the the, the uh, part of, I'm going to use this word and I'm not going to apologize for it. The genius, like one of the, part of this movie's genius is its refusal to, as discomfortable, as, as, dis, as uncomfortable as I am, as I'm made by that, by the brother, the Caleb Landry Jones character, um, I also have a theory about what happens in this country when you go far enough north. Like if you once you once you get to like northern Maine, you're basically in the, in south. the south. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I mean, I feel like there's something I've still never about been in that character. You, but you're from Massachusetts. You get a you get, I get you've it. had a taste of. It. I've, I've had a I've um, had a taste or two, and I, I feel like the way that he has thought about racism never this version of racism never being like explicitly represented by any Hollywood movie because the people who make movies are this kind of racist. Yeah. Is really fascinating to me. And, and, and it's, it's, it's so brilliant. So you're saying that stage is the best. It's a hard question. What do you have? It's a hard question to answer. It's been a year. I don't know. I'm very fond of the casting. I think in the future, I'm going to think about this pivot for Allison Williams, hopefully. I want her to keep doing things. I keep bringing her up because she really impressed me. Um, Demi Kalu is really big for me. Betty Gabriel is very big for me. The only person I don't like in the movie is probably Katherine Keener, but I also think the idea of her is perfect in this movie. Like the the indie... Like you don't like her performance or you don't like the character? I don't like the performance, I don't oh, okay. think. I like the character, but the performance... Um, everyone is, else is very alert and very there, and I, I feel that she isn't. But um, oh, that's interesting. Like, I actually, should... I was thinking this too today. I was wondering in in different hands, is that a better character? Like if Meryl Streep, was, you guys should go back and rewatch this the first sunken place sequence because she and Daniel Kaluuya are on the same page for that in a really interesting way. They're they they have a tandem that you can't really appreciate because all the dramatic emphasis is obviously on what he's going through. Right. But the way she exerts control without doing anything but using her wrist is just... Yeah. Now, sink into the floor. Wait, 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 wait. Sink. Now you're in the sunken place. It's just, I mean, she's really good in that sequence. And she only has, what, two or three other scenes. Jordan um, Peele said he ripped off Silence of the Lambs with that, the way he shot yeah, it. And like, yeah, sure, it's definitely Jonathan sure. Demi. It's a yeah. definite not Jonathan Demi. Little Jonathan Demi. The showdown between Lecter and Clarice in That the, little in the nice jail. run he had in Silence of the Lambs, Philadelphia, when the, the, the camera the, right the on the people. The 360, the violation of the Yeah. I'm not doing what age the worst because the movie came out a year ago and I still like every piece of Nothing it. The so brothers, I, I five years from now, I might be upset about the brother, but I'm not quite there. He's going to be everywhere. He's already everywhere. He's, a, he's, he's in a lot of stuff. He's in everything. Well, I, I have to ask. What do you think about, I couldn't come up with an answer for this, the Mark Ruffalo, they knew, <laughs> overacting award. Uh, I didn't feel like there was overacting in this. I think that <laughs> the entire Bradley Whitford performance is overacting, but it's to, it's a, to a purpose. Right. Okay. It's like when you when you meet someone's dad that you're dating, and you're like, "Whoa, this guy's really going Whoa. for it." Like Who's he's really guy? he's performing for me right now right. in a way that is either right. meant to intimidate me or impress me. And in a weird way, he's trying to do both. 
And so the performance inside the performance. And then also when he breaks bad, he's like extremely malevolent to the point of like parody where he's looking into the fireplace. And he's yeah. like, I think of the shape of Great life. Call. You talked you know? me into it. Yeah. Bradley Whitford. Is- <laughs> yeah, we, we're moving That on. was easy. Half-assed internet research corner. I mentioned uh, the Eddie Murphy delirious thing. This is interesting because there's a lot of stuff about the process he had. There were there were two alternate endings, one one which they didn't film and one which they did film, which apparently is on the Blu-ray. Yeah, have you yeah, guys seen the alternate ending? Yeah, yeah. So in, yeah. The, in the alternate ending, the sirens come and Chris is arrested and his buddy Rod comes to visit him in prison and he's just never getting out and gets blamed for everything. And it's that's the, the fatal ending. attraction ending. Yeah. It's the alter- It's the alternative. It's the alternate fatal attraction. Let me his tell final- you something. That would have bummed out the theater. That his I was final in. line of dialogue is really interesting. I, I wanted to know what you guys thought of it. At the end of the, that alternate ending, which I think originally Jordan said he wanted to use, that was what he was going to use. Mm-hmm. He just says, I stopped them. Yeah. You know, that's the kind of the, the denouement where he's just like he has achieved something at least. And so the rest of his life spent in prison will be, have been for something to, to stop this family doing this. But that's a complicated idea to parse. Yeah. yeah. Fatal um, attractions are great. That's one of the great what if had they gone with the other ending things. They had to bring Glenn Close back, put her in a wig. Because you yeah. know what happened to the original ending, right? No. The original she, uh, ending, he yeah. he she kills herself. <laughs> he goes over and he like fights her in the thing and then right. he leaves, but he touches the knife because she comes after her and his fingerprints are on it. And she plays whatever the what was Mad the and la- butterfly. Yeah, yeah. And stabs <laughs> herself with the knife. Wow. Yeah. Frames him for the murder. And then they come and get him and the police take her off. And he tells the wife, Go get my stuff upstairs. And the wife runs into the attic and plays the tape of and was like, what's this? And puts the tape in and it's Glenn Close saying like, I'm going to kill myself. And So there's like a glimmer of hope at the ending. Needless to say, not as fun as just watching her get killed in the bathroom. But the police, but the, the, and the police come and take him away. The police take right. him away. Like he's, yeah. he's right. going to jail. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so get out. I thought this was interesting. The pivotal script moment. Chris goes off on Rose about how racist her family was and how he wanted to leave. Right in that scene when they go out and they're talking by the water. Um, they do the rehearsals and Jordan Peele realizes that um, forcing Rose to convince Chris to stay would tip the audience that she's weird. Mm. So they flip it and they have Rose manipulate Chris like she's realizing her parents are loony. Yeah. And then yeah. that makes it seem like she's not. So then it. God, what a like, that's psycho. A huge, she's so smart. Yeah. That, but that's a huge <laughs> part of that movie. Because if you know she's crazy at that moment, then the, the 20 minutes later. It's the work. hand that rocks the cradle. Yeah. And you you just can't. You don't want to stay in the movie because everybody's so stupid. Yep. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. I, there's nothing worse than being in a movie like a pot boiler like this where I'm ready to drink the tea. But the but I can't take the pot off because you know the instructions say that it has to stay on for another twenty minutes. This Fuck is, you, I'm thirsty. Well, this. to be fair, Hand the Rocks the Crater was a great movie, and how dare you it, bring it up in disparaging terms? I'm sorry, but <laughs> it takes too movie. long for the great part to happen. You can't believe that Annabelle Skior is that dumb. She had asthma. <laughs> she didn't have enough oxygen. My my wife has a real problem with like movie screenplay convention bullshit like that. Like she'll just walk out of a movie if she just feels like everyone is too stupid yeah. and the sequence is too obvious. She'll just be like, I, I'm not interested. And this movie is great at always kind of keeping you on your toes. Yeah. Always being mm. like, yeah. I don't quite understand why someone's doing this, but they don't. It's never totally revealed what's going on until 
that happens. betrayed. Uh, Rod ad lived the majority of his funny lines, Amazing. which usually sure. seems to happen and is a good director tip. If you have a funny person on the just set, let just let it. them ad lib. You mm-hmm. might end up using. He's so lines. funny in the conversation with the police officers. Yeah, he's so yes. good. Well, there's another great moment. That's another great sequence because Jordan Peele is, is once again fucking with us because we he gets to the police station and the cop who shows up is Erica Alexander. Yeah, who every black person or many white people, I'm um, maybe and you know many other races as well, know from Living Single and. Where has she been? I don't know. It's the first time I've seen her in 10 years. <laughs> but she's she's wonderful and I love her and I can watch her do anything. She shows up and you're like, oh, this is what's gonna happen. Yeah. Rod's gonna go in there and be like, look, man, there's this thing with these white people, and they took my friend, and she's gonna be like, I heard about this. I knew this dude was missing too. Let's go. And these two, this yep. black woman and this black <laughs> man go to this house and kill everybody and get Chris. But no, what happens? She brings out a Latino dude and a white and another black guy, right? Yep. Yes. And the three of them just laugh at him because yeah. law enforcement is so crazy that they can't they don't want to believe this shit either. That should have been such a brilliant scene. That should have been an alternate scene where she actually is like, let's go. I really thought that's where they the I, mean, filmed I, that. I got that, that's so the expectation. Excited. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. She's great. The She's get great. out challenge became a thing, apparently. I never really I don't know what this is. What, what is was that? that? People were doing this on the internet, just running straight at people and then turning. Oh, man. And then America. Jordan Peele did this on Jimmy Fallon's show, and it's there's a whole YouTube social thing that. going on. I'm extremely old. I also missed this. <laughs> and I can't believe I missed this, but Sam Jackson took issue. Oh, you would did, get you out casting that? a British that was a guy. Huge oh, right. deal. Yeah. I somehow missed this. That Where was, a was huge I? Thing. Right. It happened like within like weeks of the movie opening, too. It's a I bad corner. Bad corner oh, for yeah, Sam but, Jackson. But listen, listen. This is a hard thing to talk about, but it's but it's real. Okay. And just to set it up, Sam Jackson, m- movie's out, huge hit. Sam Jackson, I think I don't remember who he's talking to, but 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 is quoted as saying basically, you know, I like the movie, but you know, it would have been it would have been that much better if they had gotten a brother to play the part because he really would have understood what was going on. He would, I mean, basically what Sam Jackson was saying is like, this brother ain't got no soul. And Mm -hmm. I feel like an actual American dude would have gotten at some, you know. I don't necessarily know that that applies to Daniel Kaluuya in this movie. I am aware that he is, I knew he was British before I saw it. Um, I have... I haven't thought it as as sort of bigotedly as Samuel L. Jackson has thought it. But there is a thing with casting directors with African-American men versus British black Brits where the casting directors who almost uniformly are white want black British people to play everybody who is black in, in American movies because they, quote, have more training. Mm-hmm. Right. This they, is this Four and they, Twelve Years a Slave. I mean, throw a rock, Sean. Right. So I think that what Sam Jackson is actually saying, I mean, I don't want to speak for, for a person who can speak as well as Sam Jackson can, but there's something I mean, it's not a that comment is not about get out as much as it is about what Hollywood is doing to African American. And it's preference for British people, regardless of 
what their race is. And I'm, I don't know if Sam Jackson at this point has been on the receiving end of that, but I'm sure Michael B. Jordan has. What do you think, Cam? No, I, I completely agree. This I haven't I didn't think this with regard to get out, but this is something what when Samuel Jackson's comments came out, I thought of Tandy Newton mm-hmm. as, a, as a name who's come up in this kind of conversation. For mm-hmm. example, I remember this conversation happening circa. I mean, there are a lot of things going on and crashed, but I remember <laughs> I remember yeah, yeah, there being yeah. a conversation about. Her, her performance uh, against the other black performances in the movie. This is, this is complicated. It's a real thing, though. But, but this, this is that, good. That, that, training, thing, that training thing is like such a, a killer, and not just for black actors, but it's really pointed here where this veneer of uh, excess talent because of Shakespearean training that you get, like that's attached to British actors, that really is a disservice to. Uh, I mean, it's funny how that would come up in a conversation about a movie like like in a casting conversation in a movie like Get Out, like this need for li- I, I Shakespearean to, training or whatever. I, I won't. I, I will. I cannot name names, but I have talked to pick pick a black director. Yeah, I have talked about this, and it is a thing. And they these guys and women fight really hard to try to find to like convince studios, producers, casting directors to use black Americans when they can, but it's, we're in a, it's a fight. We're in an interesting moment for this too. I mean, in a, in a black Panther moment where that cast specifically is literally American and British operating at the same time. Well, it's not, but see the black Panther is, is a, is the ultimate fantasy though. Right. I mean, the beauty of that movie is that it's so pan-African that it completely neutralizes Samuel L. Jackson's legitimate complaint or it, or it tables it for now. Mm -hmm. Right. This is a world in which every kind of black person basically appears and doesn't have to pretend to be something else except Wakandan. Right. Um, I mean, Some, we're all Wakandan, according to that movie. If he'd made his comments right after Selma, I think the reception of the comments yeah, would have been... Yeah, that would have been a little bit different. Right? <laughs> I mean, I mean, as good as Daniel, Daniel, uh, David Oyelowo is as Martin Luther King, like, Jeffrey Wright didn't answer the phone when, when Ava DuVernay picked it up to call him. He already did. He already played that role. He can do it again! I agree. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, I mean, I, that was the thing that happened. But... It, but it it amazingly enough did not distract from how Dan, how good Daniel Kaluuya is in this movie because, I mean, should we is this where we talk about Daniel Kaluuya? Yeah, we can we can put it. We, here. I mean, is he good or is he best actor good? Oh yeah, he's definitely he's best good. Actor good. Yeah, he's really good. Best in this actor movie. nominee good or best actor good? I was surprised they nominated him only because of who the Oscars are, but no, I think he deserves to be it's there. So what you think, Sean? I I was this a top five acting performance this year? It's really difficult performance. It's yeah. Also, it's really I think he is in the upper one percentile of people. If you showed him speaking in his natural accent, they would be blown away. They would <laughs> have, have no idea. I have talked to him. I couldn't understand a word he was saying. And we both speak <laughs> he English. He is British. He's yeah. British. Wow. Yes. And he's just really. I w- I'll just go back to the to the first hypno- hypnosis scene. And everybody, the the thing that people remember about that sequence is his eyes. Yes. Yeah. But look at his mouth. Look at his hands. Look at his shoulders. Look at how he's connecting to Catherine Keener's character and simultaneously resisting going under 
but also at the same time going under, which we can tell he's doing because he's remembering all this shit. And the rictus of dread and kind of relief on his face that he's doing for that whole sequence. And then when he goes under and he's like sunk into the floor and he's looking up, I mean, the metaphor of the sunken place visually is also amazing because he's looking up and it's this white lady on a screen in a black space trapping him there. The movies and TV are, I mean, this is not performance, but like the look on his face as he's looking up, I don't know what he actually is singing when they sing when they shot it, but I mean, his looking up at that screen and seeing this white lady there trapping him is like the look of horror that he can't do anything about it. I, I just... It, it, the paralysis. Daniel Day-Lewis is great in Phantom Thread. I'm not taking anything away from how good he is, but I frankly, if I were an Oscar voter and I had those five dudes in front of me and I couldn't vote for Tom Hanks, not that I would have necessarily voted for him over oh, Daniel Day-Lewis. Tom Hanks. I love Tom Hanks in the oh post. You guys can all go. <laughs> wow. You guys can all do a no, it's just, it's just, Jesus. Oh it, my God. I just didn't expect I that. I love it. Like, Great take. I like it. You guys suck. Yeah. Anyway, Daniel, <laughs> wait, wait. Of, of those five guys, I'm going to vote for Kalia. Bill, did you, when you saw it, because you care about this, where you're like, that guy's an, a movie star for us now. He's going to be top-lining movies for the next 20 years. They'll never let him. I thought he was really good. When he got nominated for Best best Actor, I was pleasantly surprised, and I didn't know if it was an overreaction or not, and then I looked at the categories, the people, and I looked at who got snubbed, and I was like... I. Him and Daniel Day-Lewis were probably my two favorite performances. It just never dawned on me when I was watching it that it was a best actor performance. Mm-hmm. Like when we were at Phantom Thread, I was like, my God, this is like Daniel Day-Lewis just going for like 60 in the garden with <laughs> 15 yeah. assists. Like just like but fucking throwing always, it out there. His whole, he's like, he's always going to be I know. going for, I mean, that's yeah. Daniel Day-Lewis's whole thing. And then I was trying to think after. When he got nominated, I was like, who, all right, who else could have played that part? Because I think that's a really good game for the Oscars. Like Phantom Thread, it's like Daniel Day-Lewis, it's like, yeah, that's it. He's the only, that part was created for him. He's the only person that could have played it. And this, I'm like, I don't know what other actor I could have thrown in to get out that would have been what if it, good. What if it was Michael B. Jordan? Well, I, that's the obvious go-to thing, which is kind of a sad state of... Uh, Black but actors could, right now under 35. No, it's actually, things are really good for black actors. Okay. It's just that you don't have any, you don't have a lot of proof, right? I mean, the, the, you, there. So if it's Michael B. Jordan, is this movie better or worse? I feel like it's worse because oh, no. he has Michael B. Jordan baggage that he's bringing into it. And I'm always feeling that's, like that it's was Michael a, B. Jordan. That was a factor. People didn't really I have, have no a baggage with Daniel sure. Kaluuya. Yeah. And that, that's one of the reasons I really liked it. Uh, a couple of artsy fartsy things that I found on the internet and half-assed internet research corner. Uh, Catherine Keener controls her subjects with a silver spoon, synonymous with privilege. Yeah. yeah. Um, I would have just assumed this, like on Trivia Night, I just would have been like, it's silver. Rose's <laughs> character, we talked about uh, no sympathy for the deer. Mm. Doesn't seem interested to know if she killed it or not. It's a sign. At the end of the movie, Rose is on the side of the road with the gunshot wound, left to die like Chris's mother on the side of the road. That's mm-hmm. weird. Yeah. Also yeah. like the deer. Yep. And like the yep. deer. Yep, yep. Um, <laughs> can, I tell, can I say something really quickly? Yeah. I, uh, when I was in college, was, I took a trip with a young, with a young woman. Yeah. And uh, we hit a deer. And it oh. was the oh. craziest, most dramatic thing 
was not a romantic scenario. It was just a, a girl I went to college with, and we were just in a car driving like 45 minutes away for a story, actually, that we were reporting. We hit a deer, and it was as if um, I was part of like a nuclear war. Mm-hmm. I, I was like distraught, trying to figure out what had happened. It was so violent You're and shaking. loud. Yeah, it's the loudest and- Thump. And and confusing and frustrating. It also like forges a bond with the person that you're with. It is the most traumatic thing. And that's part of why when I first talked to you about the movie, I was like, that deer scene is really crazy because Rose is, is a sociopath. A, yeah, um, and that is nonplus by the whole thing. And then I some people might not know this. I'm gonna bring this up. When she fights the cop not to have yeah. Chris this is give a good the one. ID. This is a good one. It's because she doesn't want a trace of Chris, any sort of record at all. But it's also one of those things. I didn't pick that up when I first saw the movie. A number of people pointed that out to me. I didn't I didn't think about it either. There's some, uh, the bingo game slash parallel for the slavery auction. I mean, it's pretty obvious, but just have to mention that. And then I did not notice this until I saw this on the internet and it made sense. And who knows if it's true. Chris is ripping the stuffing out of the leather chair. Oh, and it's cotton. Cotton. Yeah. Saved his life. And on an internet thing, it could be like, oh, that's a parallel for picking cotton and going. Jordan Peele admitted that not only was that the parallel, but the original chair had polyester and they replaced it with cotton yeah. because he so <laughs> desperately wanted the symbolism of that. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, did Bradley Whitford tells Chris that he hates deer and then he kills him with the deer's head? Nice little twist. I didn't catch that. Rose, I, didn't, I didn't catch that. Rose eating Fruit Loops and drinking milk separately, but Fruit Loops is uh, a phrase for crazy people. Yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. I also love that this, moment. The, the metaphor of, of segregation. Yeah. <laughs> um, two rich guy prep school weapons used in this? A lacrosse stick and yeah. a bocce ball? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed that. I didn't read that on the internet. And then uh, we talked about um, we talked about the shaving cream in the face. Rose joked in the beginning uh, that her father might meet him or is not going to meet him in the driveway with a shotgun. And in the end, she's the one with the shotgun. A lot of nuances in this. I have a couple. Okay, give me a couple more while we're doing this. It's almost like reading Um, a good book or something. When uh, first of all, the first. Two songs involve running. There's uh, mm. there's that that old run rabbit run, and then right. Sinky Lisa, you know, when you translate it as run away. Uh, that's listen to your elders. But when you translate the whole song, the words run away are part of the yeah. Swahili. Um, when she's talking to um, to Rod, when Rose is talking to Rod in that first conversation on the phone on the way to their parents, yeah, and Rod is like. Um, he says, uh, you know, you picked the wrong dude, right? And she's like, yeah, you, oh, you're so silly, Rod. I just, I just picked him to get to you. I mean. <laughs> and that is what she did. Right. <laughs> mm. I mean. Yes. Uh, that's really, fi- where is Lake Pontico, by the way? I mean, I know it's not real, but. but Lake where Pontico. It struck me yeah, as. What was the set? In the I, Lake Pontico I area. Like it was in like the Virginia area. It struck me as like Lake George. That yeah, sort it of seemed like okay. state New York to me. Yeah. I was thinking like Virginia, I, I, Maryland area for some reason. The family seems too not Virginia to me. Yeah, like the, that's a different kind of historical. Or racism. like Maryland. I don't it's know Maryland too, really. Too I don't know. Now. Somebody should ask Jordan Peele that question. I believe I did. No, I can't quite sure. <laughs> Let's take one more break. 
I want to talk about my best friends in life, ZipRecruiter. Are you hiring? Posting your position through job sites and waiting and waiting and waiting for the right people to see it. Uh, ZipRecruiter knew there was a smarter way. They built a platform that finds the right job candidates for you. ZipRecruiter learns what you're looking for, identifies people with the right experience, and invites them to apply to your job. Those invitations have revolutionized how to find your next hire. 80% of employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. ZipRecruiter doesn't stop there either. They even spotlight the strongest applications you receive so you never miss a great match. The right candidates are out there. ZipRecruiter will absolutely help you find them. Businesses of all sizes trust ZipRecruiter for their hiring needs. Right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free. I can't do better than that. It's free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash rewatch. That is ZipRecruiter.com slash rewatch. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Back to the pod. Apex Mountain, too early to say, because it's only been a year since the movie came out. We cannot put it into context. I find it hard to believe Jordan Peele is going to top this, but I'm anxious to find out. Coming off Key and Peele and then does this movie and he's nominated for an Oscar and has, might fucking win. Mm. I, if he can top that, congratulations to that dude, man. But can uh, we let's talk about Apex Mountain in, in a different way then. Okay. Like he's going to other people's mountains and <laughs> and and messing with those, right? Like mm. the okay, it the 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 genesis of the idea for the movie might have come from Delirious, but I mean what he's actually doing is doing the thing that 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 nobody's really successfully done, which is challenge the conceit of guess who's coming to dinner, right? A movie that at the time lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of people thought was I mean, no, no real radical thought it was radical, but but for the movie for Hollywood in 1967, it was radical. It's funny to to hear that it was so groundbreaking because when you watch it right. now, it seems so tame. But apparently, it really well, was even back then, people were like, "Well, this motherfucker is perfect." Yeah, <laughs> and right. he's not out in the streets. He's got 19 degrees, and he's like 30 years older than their daughter. Right, like he's not fucking her. Right, so right. he's perfect. He has no dick. I feel like. The thing about the, but but nobody really took the movie on as as a as a movie based on other people's filmmaking, right? Like every other movie about interracial relationships basically took the same had the same sort of progressive belief in them and wanted every every time you see an interracial relationship in a in a movie, it is celebrated, it is fought for. Um this is the only movie I can think of that presents interracial relationships as a disaster. Yeah. As a disaster waiting to happen and not in a in a like a, a Chris Rock, Kevin Hart routine sort right. of way. This is this this movie is the realest relationship movie, interracial relationship movie I've ever seen. What do you think, Cam? Yeah, I mean, I, I, thinking back to the translation of uh, Swahili, like, listen to your ancestors is so loaded. Yeah, yeah I mean. <laughs> it's, it's really loaded. Better listen. Yeah. I mean, they might have told you to date a white girl, but you just should listen to the ones they pick for you. <laughs> um, unintentional comedy award. It's, there's really none in this movie. It's really well unintentional done. Comedy. Yeah. Unintentional comedy? Yeah, The. I mean, there's some funny stuff with the, 
with the fact that the dad and the son are the ones doing the surgery, like is this crazy loser son? He's the anesthesiologist. Like <laughs> that scene has some holes there. At one point, this big red thing just plops in the thing. I don't even know what it is. Is it a brain? What is it? I, it's, it just, but, they kind of fly by that part. Well, I was going to say, we haven't talked about the coagula and all of that. This essentially like the exposition machine that the movie drops in the back third of the movie where Chris is seated in, in this leather chair and, he gets, you know, the 1984, like, sex education videotape yeah. of the family explaining mm-hmm. what they're about to do, which is very clever and well-made, but also pretty dumb and yeah. doesn't need to exist. And why would you ever create evidence of this thing you're going to do? Why would you connect Chris to the person who's going to take your body? Like, all of that stuff is elegantly delivered and fun. But if you examine it under a microscope, it's maybe not. They, maybe they had figured out through trial and error that it was better for the person to have a connection when his body gets invaded. Mm. Maybe. Mm. So you're saying you don't like that that the guy I, who steals his body has a conversation with him. I don't dislike it. It's just I know it's just it's it's They're movie, leaving evidence. It, it's movie bullshit. You know, yeah. it's just there's you have in movies have to have bullshit where they help you along in the story, especially there's a, a lot of viewers need to have their hand held at times and for a movie that works really hard to be subtle and clever and it's grappling with these really big and interesting ideas, it's a moment where I'm like Okay, like especially watching it a second time, I was like, I, I kind of need to know why they would make this video explaining yeah, the process. You know what's interesting mm. is that I this is this is to your I mean this is to your question about like what Jordan's gonna do next. I guarantee you, Jordan's next movie is gonna have none of that. Mm-hmm. I think that he is so heartened and and exhilarated by the life of its own the stuff in this movie has taken on yeah. like the sunken place and yeah, he'll tweet and, sunken place stuff. Like he's definitely, <laughs> he's feeding the beast. On well, I mean, I just feel like people get his metaphor. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I think that, I think that if he had, I think there's a version of this movie where if, if he had known that there was, a, I mean, I, he, he knew there was an audience for this, but if he had known that there was an, there was this much of an audience for it, where like people would be close reading his movie over and over and over again. I think Coagula is presented differently mm-hmm. somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, I, this is why I, I'm excited to see what he does next because I think he's really, really smart and and is learning from this experience about what a movie can get away with. Well, that brings us to picking nits. I'm gonna pick a couple nits. Okay. Didn't uh, we just kind of do that? That was my biggest Well, that one. was one. Yeah. You've got more. Uh, a camera flash can undermine this whole get out thing. They didn't figure that part out in the trial and error. Mm. Just one camera flash. Just it's also the kind of the sets movie people BS back. thing. You get, just got to have these yeah. little moments where you're I'm, indicating. I'm picking it. So I'm not yeah. complaining. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I can explain The that. brother recovers really fast from the bocce ball concussion <laughs> and sure. the blood pouring out of his head. <laughs> but then it's in the Caleb NFL, Landry he's Jones. not allowed back it's, in the game. Like they, He's in the blue tent. They walk him off. Welcome to horror movies. They yeah. He's yeah. easily, he's not, you know, he's he's. I mean, he did lose like five pounds of blood. So Glenn Close coming back to life. Okay. Now this happens. Uh, <laughs> what were the surgery protocols in dad's house there? <laughs> <laughs> he's switching heads, switching brains. He's carving stuff out. Who's doing the anesthesia? How yep. healthy is it? Is it sanitary down there? Who's cleaning up after? You know, I a lot of questions. I There's a lot of questions. Can I just say one thing about that though? Yeah. This is going to sound awful. And I just, I, I watched that and thought, 
yeah, white people got it. <laughs> they just, just tr- trusted just, them. Okay. They just they they must know. They just know how to <laughs> change planes. Uh, they just must know. <laughs> would uh, would those two small pieces of cotton have really blocked Chris's ears? I'm gonna say this no. Is, of course not. It's a tiny, yeah. tiny cotton. I mean, but you really again, need to jam this kind of thing. I can't the wonder. Metaphors I in this movie on. are so good. Come on. Um, <laughs> I'm picking nets. How old is Rose in this movie? Mm. Huh? What's where's you this could tell going? me 29. You could tell me 20. This How old is, a, is she supposed to be? This 22? is a great question. I, a good question. I think the arrested development of both of the kids is a really fun thing. I like to think of her as like 35, you know, Ooh. that she's been living at home oh, her wow. whole life. She's still eating fruit loops. She's a total dingbat yeah. who listens to the dirty dancing soundtrack alone. I love the scene too. And she's uh, talking to Rod on the phone, but her facial expression doesn't change. Yeah. Yeah. You know, she's, Clearly, they've shown that she like stopped at some point. So she's like twenty nine. Could be because she she had nine relationships. Even if that's like three four months apiece. Yeah. Well, this is all, I mean, that's well, I was thinking seven about years that too. Right there, because this is a project, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. you have to rope in these guys. Where does she meet them? Where well, does she? Well, how did they meet? Is a thing well, that I was going to. She ask. googles the best yeah. NCA prospects, <laughs> oh, right. which is one right. of the funniest. But that was her next move, though. Yeah. But she probably googled best black photographers or something like that. Black artists. Right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. if she's Googling best NSA prospects, she can't be older than 26, 27. Because mm. no, that, no college sophomore is dating a 29 year old. If they don't ask for ID, I'm going to say 27. One of my great shames is how appealing I find Allison Williams. So you never know. You never can tell. Great shame? I think she's, she's a complicated figure. I mean, I'm, I'm the odd man out on the visceral aspect of Allison Williams' appeal, but please discuss great shames. Well, because she takes she the, the whole girls cast yeah. took a pretty big beating. Yeah, I and mean, meanwhile, Allison Williams is a good actress, and she proved in this movie. Is. And I'm she proved I'm in girls. Allison Williams, that, she's, she's good proved, in girls. The reason I hate Marnie she, is because she she's is. so good. She's a good actress. Marnie. Yeah, she uh, is. Would this movie have been better with Danny Trejo? That's one of our categories. <laughs> now the answer is always Bill yes. Lost his mind. No, that's one of our categories. The answer is always yes. I just didn't but know who whether or not this was going to apply to this one. I think he's at the party. Mm-hmm. You yeah. think he's okay? I think he's one. I just think he's one of the couples. He's maybe but maybe he needs a new eye. I think he's sunken then too. I just feel like if Danny Trejo was in this, Danny Trejo is not getting up in this. Would he be the cop in the beginning? Maybe it's just a different movie. He just like listen, t- Danny Trejo. The movie's always better with Danny Trejo. <laughs> I know. So just answer the it, question: it, What parts it's are you pro- playing? But, but it's also always different. Okay. Could he be the guy Which who is says the conclusion the, other people have reached on this show? By the way, could he be the guy who says the the pendulum is swung back and and black is now in fashion at the party? <laughs> that guy with the yeah. weird weird right. little handlebar mustache. Think it's better. I handlebar. I mean, he is. There is some affinity between the blacks and the Latinos. I'm just sorry. There's no way. Maybe like, he's a, maybe he's in the police station for a second. Uh, yeah, I or guess. Maybe he's I mean, Rod's it, buddy in TSA. It's also TSA. important that that other guy's Japanese, not yeah, like Asian American. Yeah. Like, oh, so yeah. Asian American's gonna, well, not no Asian American, but like, it's inconceivable to me that 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 an Asian American would be as down with this as yeah. as that Japanese guy. Best quote: yeah. Here are your choices. My dad would have voted for Obama for a third time if he could have. No, 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 no. Get him, Grandpa. Or I'm TSA motherfucking A or TS motherfucking A. Best quote, memorable quote, defining no, quote. No, I think no, it's a TSA. No, no. Could be no, no, no. It's one of those two. Get him, Grandpa is really fun though. My son, <laughs> my son yelled that at me the other day, which also tells me he might have watched this movie too many times. Oh, Cam's it's percolating over I, there. I can't get past. 
Betty Gabriel. For, so no, I, no, I think no. it's oh, yeah. Man. No, 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 she's no, no, the big no, no. winner of this podcast. She, yeah, I mean, but also to Sean's point, tattletale. tattletale. The way she says that is remarkable. Yeah, yeah. I like. Give the, me those keys, Rose. That's a good that's one. true. Yeah. yeah, that's a good one. I like that. You know, I can't. All right, we've got four there. unanswerable questions. Number one: Was this a thriller or a horror movie? I believe the phrase he uses is "social thriller." That's the Jordan Peele phrase. Yeah. I don't think it's a horror movie. Hmm. I was just talking to Juliet about this. Horror movies like Saw. This was yeah. not Saw. I don't. What's Re- Rosemary's Baby? Thriller. Hmm. I think Rosemary's Baby is kind of horror. I mean, I horror think of Fatal Attraction as a thriller and thriller. Rosemary's Baby as a horror movie. Satan sex is like her. I mean, but this me. is why mm-hmm. Jordan's like coining of a term or acceptance of a term or application of a term to his movie is great because Rosemary's Baby is also a social thriller. Okay. Sure. Right, and Fatal Attraction is also kind of a social thriller. Yeah, when you were talking about the, the nods that he's made to filmmakers, I feel like the biggest nod in this movie is to Ira Levin, who wrote yes, Stepford yes. Wives and yep. wrote mm-hmm. Boys yep. from Brazil he and says wrote Rosemary's Baby. Yeah. Like those books have the same thing, where there's this great big metaphor around the book, plus all these little tiny nuggets sprinkled throughout the books when you're reading them. That are, like if you're 18 and you read those books, they're they're mind bending, um, and then you find that all of his books were made into movies because they all are perfectly cinematic. Right. Like it feels like he's working off that playbook so much. Did Rose live? You could you could argue she did. I mean, did she live? What does that mean? Did Rose live? We didn't totally see her die. Oh, oh, yeah. Um, I think Get Out 2 happens. um, I think Get Out 2 is in the works. Oh, my God. If there's Get Out 2, I'm getting out of the country. (laughs) (laughs) That can't happen. (laughs) Your blurb on the movie posters can be, no, seriously, get out. (laughs) Don't do this. He's just got better stuff to do. I mean, this is a guy who understands everything that's wrong with the movie industry. The idea that he would make a sequel to a movie that needs no sequel. Well, Rose didn't die. Do you I like, think she I like the idea of Why her not dying? Why do you need her not to die? She I, didn't die. I'm just I, pointing out she didn't die. I don't, I don't think Killmonger she died. She laid either, on her so. side. <laughs> she looked up and her eyes were kind of open and it seemed like she might have died, but she didn't totally die. Well, who came to get her? She's saying she didn't die. She in so many ways reminds me of the liquid dude from Terminator 2. <laughs> but I'm actually going to say that shooting her with a shotgun does not kill her. <laughs> she oh made her God. stronger. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Keegan Michael Key couldn't have played any of the people at the party. Couldn't have had a cameo. No. I'm worried no. about those guys. Again, this is your Danny Trail. Shoot him in. What is Keegan doing this movie? He could have been one of the older guys who's already been brainwashed. He can't throw could him in. Been, but he throws the whole thing off. Okay. He would just throw it off. Do, did Chris ever date another white girl? Ooh. Wow. Yeah. There's your sequel. Wait, 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 wait. I take it all back. I take it all back. I take it all back. Holy shit. Get in. Get in. Chris dates a sister. Oh, wow. Get in. And Samuel L. Jackson is the father. (laughs) Get in. Get in. I love it. Ooh. Great. Who won the movie? (laughs) I mean, Betty for me. Wow. Really? I'm stunned by that. A discovery for me. I love a discovery. I mean, I love a lot. Of, I love a lot of people in this movie. I love a lot of things about it. But yeah. for me, nothing really works without her showing me in one shot how the entire psychological fucked upness of this is happening in one person. Sean, it's got to be Jordan Peele. He went yeah. from being I mean, a sure. guy who people saw in the 
football players introduction sketch in Key and Peele to one of the five most anticipated filmmakers in in America. That's I mean, also my answer. It, I love Betty Gabriel though. America uh, won. America, oh, America, great one. America won. I like where you're going. Because there's a version of this movie that comes out, you know, February 26th or whatever, the end of Black History Month, by the way. Um, and nobody goes. Nobody sees it. It makes $5 million opening weekend, makes $2 million second, second weekend, has a perfectly fine life streaming and every once in a while, somebody will walk up to Jordan Peele and be like, you know, I saw Get Out. And I, don't, I don't know why nobody saw it. It's just too bad. But it's really good, though. And he's, like, heartened. Say like, thanks, man. Thanks. I really appreciate that. Because it happens. Oh, How okay. many great movies did people just not get and you have no idea why? I think Black Panther doesn't happen in a weird way without Get Out happening. I think mm. it primed the pump and gave studios confidence and belief. These Black Panther would have happened regardless of whether or not Get Out got made. But I actually really believe that the that the black enthusiasm and black belief and understanding in that movie. It, it's just I mean, there's just no precedent for. For the kind of support paid a movie like that in the sort of in with the endurance that it was paid. I don't think it gets to the Oscars without that audience. I don't think it wins any of the awards Jordan's won without that audience. And I think the movie respects the audience to understand where it's coming from enough for there to be this total experiential synergy happening. And I don't know. I hope it gives other smart, brave, interesting filmmakers the confidence and belief and the studios the belief to believe in those filmmakers. I don't know. I just I feel like good luck topping that bill. I, I think Jordan <laughs> Peele won, but I, I liked all the answers. It's a great movie. It's we were talking movie. last night. Sean and I were at dinner last night. And we were talking about how great Goodfellas is and how mm-hmm. we almost don't want to do the rewatchables because it could be four hours long. And one of the reasons it's so great is that every single moment of it is great. It just goes from one scene to another. And then the next scene is like, oh, I love this scene. And then it's the next one's like, oh, I love this scene. It is like Get yeah, Out isn't like yeah. on that level, but it's pretty close from a rewatchable um, wait, standpoint. Okay, first of all, Bill Simmons. Yeah. That is Martin Scorsese's what? 10th movie? Mm-hmm. 11th yeah. movie? I know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I'm not putting down Joe Pill. 25 saying, years into yeah, his career. I mean, yeah. I'm saying what's cool about Get Out. Just I would say wait, wait. As yeah. a ro- but as a roller coaster ride. Yeah. Yeah. It has that same kind of feel where it's mm-hmm. like, this is I'm just enjoying myself. I'm that this isn't dragging. We're just going. I like this character. That's cool. Whoa, where are we going now? And it just keeps going. We're in a moment where it's very dumb and easy to say that something is instantly iconic. It's overused all over and over and over again. But I remember when Cam reviewed the movie for the site. And I was like, it was probably the only time that I didn't read the piece before I saw the movie. Hmm. Yeah. Because I knew that there was a moment coming. Everybody that I knew who who worked in Hollywood, who wrote about movies was like, Jordan Peele got one. This is like, this is a thing. He's going to be a thing. This movie's going to be a huge hit. You're, people, No one's going to see this coming. And 
as soon as I saw it, and then right after I read your piece, I was like, this is like an instantly iconic movie. You hit on it in the first moment that, that you saw it. And then I feel like we had a, a lot of conversations about the movie immediately afterwards. I don't know if you and I ever discussed it, but no. it's very rare. Well, we and, did, but in a roundabout way after the Oscars last year. Right. Um, I don't know if I don't know if something like Phantom Thread, which I love more than Get Out, but it, it's it's not the same thing. Mm-hmm. There is a there is a canonical thing that happened. Well, with you Get know Out. my but you know my theory on this. I think the hardest thing to do is to make a great movie that reaches a lot of people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is the single highest degree of difficulty yep. you have. And it's the same thing with music and same thing with writing, whatever. Um, and this movie did it. I'm with you. I think it's, I, this is why I think it should win best picture. I think this is the movie 10 years from now that will matter from 2017. I really do. And I think we're going to feel stupid 10 years from now that it didn't win. The fucking shape of water is going to win 10 years from now. I'm like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> it would shape be a very Oscar. The best Oscar. I'm already like that. It's going to take wait, 10 wait, years. Wait, 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 wait. You guys, first of all, this is not the three, this is not the, sorry, I almost said three billboards. This is not the Shape of Water show, but we have to take a second to think about like how weird that movie really sure. is. Great. I, I, I agree. agree. I, agree. Lot of problems. I don't think it's, I don't think it's The great, artist was weird. But great. It, nah, but nah. the artist, the artist. <laughs> The artist wasn't weird in the way that The Shape of Water is like brilliantly weird. Great. And I'll never watch it again. <laughs> I think of The Shape of Water though in similar terms to a movie like Crash and I don't think it's as it's 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 better than Crash. It's, it's more significant. It's certainly better than but Crash. It, get Out and the themes of Get Out and the metaphor of Get Out is su- more subtle and clever and the themes and the metaphor of The Shape of Water are on the nose. Oh, sure. Obvious. Yeah. They are they're they're dumber. And that is a choice that the Academy tends to make historically. They tend to lean towards a movie that is a little more obvious. Hmm. And that's the thing that I keep coming back to as we talk about this. I think Moonlight last year made me think anything's possible with the Oscars. We can't leave this conversation, by the way, without finding out who director number five is, by the way. It's Jordan Peele. No, who? I'm sorry. Who? Okay, Who's nominated. So, it's Lee Daniels. Lee Daniels. Lee Daniels. Oh my god, my favorite director in the whole world. How could I forget Lee Daniels for Precious? I can't I believe that. that he was nominated for yeah, Precious. Yeah, Lee Daniels. Oh my god, Lee. I'm so sorry. Spike Lee not getting nominated was actually like almost criminal. It's ludicrous. It's ludicrous. It's crazy. Yeah. Not being nominated for do the right thing. That's a top, I mean, top not eight Oscar travesty any, ever, right? For, yeah. for any number of movies, but yeah. definitely. Well, Kim Basinger did try to get it for. Him. Remember that? Mm-hmm. There that's is right. one movie that's not nominated here tonight. Yep. And I By just the way, want to say, you know how you do, <laughs> you know how you do your going back in time and putting the current cultural lens on a movie that came out a while ago. Yeah, it's time for higher learning. Oh, oh wow! wow. <laughs> Which every, I have not seen since. Every single theme in that movie is a relevant theme in 2018, well, and that's it's like 24 true. years ahead of it. And does it when really it clumsily, out? but it's interesting. It's like 1994. Yeah, 95. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. So it's first, first movie after Boys That was another one where people were just like losing their minds in the theater, but not in a good way. No. Anyway. I love the, the idea of ending a Get Out podcast with, with higher learning. For Cam. <laughs> yeah. assignment for Cam. We've come so uh, far in America. You can read Wesley Morris in the New York Times. It's my old Grantland teammate, my buddy. Sean Fennessy, editor-in-chief of The Ringer. He's been writing a lot of movie stuff this year. I'm proud of you. You're the hardest working man in show business. Cam Collins, our dude. He writes about movies for us. He does all kinds of things. More podcasts from you, hopefully. We just have to fly your ass out here. 
Yeah. Yeah. All the With time. the flyer ass out here and just sit you in a couch. Co-host of Damage Control. Listen to Damage Control. Yeah. What, I, every other week. Channel every other 33. Week. Eventually it'll be every week. Sure. You're getting there. You're getting, you're we're working up to it. it. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Zach Mack. Thanks to everybody. Uh, we're coming back next week with Creed because it's time to do Creed. So watch that until then. Thanks so much to ZipRecruiter. Don't forget to try out ZipRecruiter at ZipRecruiter.com slash rewatch. Thanks so much to Shudder, brought to you by AMC Network Shudder, a premium streaming video service for fans of all degrees of thrillers, suspense, and horror with an unparalleled lineup curated by genre fanatics and industry experts. You're going to want to check this out. Plans start at just $3.99 a month. Rewatchables listeners can start a free 30-day trial by going to Shutter.com and using promo code REWATCH. 